welcome to Games Booze and the Art of Bad Beats. I'm Josh Koopman. With me, as always, is Ty Tepfer. Thanks for listening to us on the BOD Network. For more, check us out at basementofdeath.com or follow us on Twitter at Basement of Death. And if you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This is episode 35. We have Tom Tepfer and the Bondfather himself, Troy Weiss, in the BOD studio. Coming up on the show, we discuss the latest games we've been playing. We'll cover some recent hobby updates and purchases from the group. And then we'll tackle a topic Troy and Neil from work were recently discussing. How do you have fun with newer players in a competitive game setting? X-Wing tournaments, Magic Drafts, Sigmar, and 40k events. How do you keep it fun for the experienced players while not completely crushing the newbies? We hope you enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Anvil 8 Games. Their first release, Ethereum, is a BOD favorite. And the newest game from Anvil 8, Frontline No Comrades, is quickly becoming a regular in our rotation. We've played this game a bunch of times now, and it's a lot of fun. You're basically Russian soldiers trying to push your comrades in the line of fire to save your own skin. Loads of fun, plus the Soviet-style artwork is a great touch. To pick up Ethereum and the House of Karu expansion, or Frontline No Comrades, head to anvil-8.com that's a-n-v-i-l-e-i-g-h-t dot com our theme music is by Fadeback for upcoming shows or to check out some of their songs visit fadeback.org hit it boys Hey gang, welcome to the show. Are you guys uh, ready for this? Are you ready for this jelly? This is this is going to be exciting. I'm ready for the big hurt of episodes. We've got uh, Tyson Tepfer sitting in second chair. Vote for Sanguinius. Nice. Uh, fourth chair, his brother Tommy. If you're not first, you should be. <laughs> and then the bod father himself, Troy Weiss. I'm going to terraform Mars. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we switched up the brothers this week. Uh, yeah, it's the Tepfer brothers instead of the Weiss brothers. I don't have a brother, so... You do. I cry. Well, you guys are my brothers. You have several yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what happens when you grow up in the 262. You've got a lot of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Tyson? Uh, Dale's Pale Ale, straight from the tap line to the BOD brew house. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I nailed that octillion in a heartbeat and then had to refill with Dale's. Well, it's a, it's a good second follow-up beer. Yeah, I mean, Dale's a good guy. Yeah. Strong beer. Troy, what do you got? I got uh, octillion 
from Ale Asylum, Madison. Excellent, excellent Oktoberfest. It is good. It's it's solid. I, and we were just talking before the show. I don't think we can get it anymore. Like, I think they. No, we're in October now. Yeah, they they're out. Yeah, out for the season. Game over. You gotta like scrounge around and scavenge like some old grocery store, you know, that nobody <laughs> buys beer at, and you're like, you'll find a case or something. You gotta make like an urban survival check uh-huh. with your, you know, your wisdom mm. bonus proficiency, um, and difficulties through the roof. I mean, it's probably a DC twenty five check. And under this tarp, you find half a case of Octillion. What about Outbreak and Dead? I want to use those rules to find stuff. Yeah, okay. Tommy, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm sipping on some uh, some bourbon. What uh, what kind of bourbon? Is it the Hudson Valley? Uh, yeah, it's Hudson Baby Bourbon, I think. Hudson Baby? Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a baby it's bourbon. Good. I don't know what that means, but it's delicious. It's good. It was left here by, I think Marlon brought that one, one time. Friend of the show. Friend of the yeah, show. Sounds like something Marlon would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave some bourbon around. Discard it. I am drinking uh, the last can of 20-sided rye from uh, Gen Con. Oh, should we have like a moment of silence or something? I mean, kind of. Did you pour some on the ground? I did, for, for the homies. Okay. In, yeah. the yeah. in the 262. In the 262. It's pretty it's, it's good. It's Did it get better with age? It's about the same. <laughs> critically fumble. Um, and then I'm, I'm two-fisting. I got uh, some... Two the more do, because I wanted uh Because you don't want to two the more don't? Because <laughs> you can't don't. Uh, so is your offhand at a negative two, or do you have the t- dual wheel? Double fisting. Uh, oh, so double fisting feet. drinking feet. Yeah. So I, I have the I have the cocktail glass in my offhand because it's smaller, right? And then the pint glass is in my main hand. So I feel like you can kind of dual wield that, right? Yeah. How yeah, many? I'm how many? With that. How many D and D games is Ty DMing now? That is he just always on? Is he <laughs> know, just right? like, always on? Like he's just always in, in GM mode. Like, mm-hmm. how many games are you DMing right now? Um, three active, one on hiatus. So, three active. How, and how many RPGs are you playing? Well, then I play in another campaign that Danner's GMing, mm-hmm. and then I play in my mage game. So like five role-playing game campaigns and they're all they're all very sporadic other than my mage game that's like my regular game Mm -hmm. that's awesome it's a lot it is a lot well speaking of playing games it makes real life easier (laughs) (laughs) you just you just gotta wait till you can role play I, i sit at work and i'm like what would i do if i was the gm for this employee well, I'd probably put a trap door in front of them and a poison dart trap behind them. Then I'd put a hill giant in front and I'd see how they die. You're like, what is the skill check for loading paper into a printer? I don't do that. We got admins that do that. Nice. <laughs> when I get to a printer and it says it's out of paper, I just walk to the next printer and scan there. PC load letter? What does that mean? <laughs> Besides uh, role-playing games, I, I think we've been playing a lot of random other stuff since uh, since the last show. I, I figure we could just dive right into it. How, how long of a time span do we have to cover? I mean, we haven't recorded in a while. Mm, so like a month? A couple weeks. About a month. Yeah, about a month. about a month. Our normal, semi-normal. We did do early September, and it's mid. closer to mid-October. 
so maybe okay. five-ish weeks. Okay, so five weeks of gaming. Okay, I can deal. Mm-hmm. I'll focus on it. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, you've been uh, diving into time stories pretty hard? Um, yes, we have. I think I talked about when we did the original. We have a group at work, um, Neil from work. and uh, Neil from work? My calls and uh, Neil's girlfriend, and we all been doing after work. It's really nice because then we just, after work, go down, play in the um, kind of lobby galleria of the, of, and uh, play a couple hours, and we've been hammering out through time stories. Um, Marcy Case is a blast. It's all what we're going to say because you don't want any spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. I did a really good job of not, I had like knew nothing about it before we walked in, so even just the first encounter you're like oh okay <laughs> i know we got here now so but just a blast love and time stories i think it's that it's that shared experience is what's really cool uh, and then we all talk at work we're all the next day we're debriefing like oh maybe we should have went here oh what should we do next time because we're terrible i mean i love it but we're terrible like we're we're gonna do our third try at marcy case um probably next week i think it took us three to get through the asylum one too so but Again, love and time stories. It is a it's a solid game. And then you you've been playing a little Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project card game. Yeah, we did one Friday again. This was like an after work drinking beer at Collectivo. We ran through a whole bunch of card games. So we played the Manhattan Project, um, which is like the card version of the Manhattan Project board game. Yeah, so you bought that for me uh I think a couple of Christmases ago and we still haven't played it. We need to. It's supposed to be a really good Euro if you're into like making atomic bombs. bombs. Yeah, <laughs> and that's minion games, right? Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. So it's local. Yep. Uh, James Math Mathy, I think. Yeah. I believe you're correct. Mm-hmm. So the card game is like again the card game version. So you get the same theme but different mechanics than you would from like a pure Euro, which is probably why I liked it. Um, but really quick, you can. It's all about building the bombs, kind of set matching. Uh, a lot of cool card interaction to kind of have people that get you plutonium or yellow cake and then you got to turn or uranium and then you got to get some people together engineers to actually build you a bomb and <laughs> you win when you get some big bombs so it uh, was kind of good and then i broke out uh, frontline no comrades played that with uh my calls and neil too and got them so i, I think that's something we're going to try and do also at work because then that scales really real well so we might do a lunch kind of team building and I'll try and put each other in front of some bullets and stuff. So. Nice. <laughs> that is, it is a good game for, uh, especially if you don't know how many people you're going to have, yep. right? You could play it with two, you could play it with seven. Yeah. Works pretty good. And keep running. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wow, I'm like, up, I'm like, yeah, just go through monopolizing the list. Um, it's cool. It's cool. We'll take over here. So, so again, because we talked a little bit, some of our local, the game universe store chain, I guess, is being kind of resold. So they have a big, uh, inventory reduction sale, I think is what they're calling it. Just, I think, as they switch hands. They're not closing them, but they're trying to reduce some inventory. So there's a bunch of games. That's why I picked up kind of Manhattan Project. Also picked up what I talked about next here is Ticket to Ride Europe. I don't own Ticket to Ride at all. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'll get Ticket to Ride Europe. And then we uh, we had a bunch of people over for my daughter's birthday last weekend. We had kind of the Weiss family um, Ticket to Ride um, game. So with... With John, Adepticon champion, Ticket to Ride player. I think we have to automatically say that when you talk no, about I'm, him. I'm in training, man. I'll talk about that, but I'm going to take him down. You're going to take him down? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in training hard on Ticket to Ride. So it was good. So I like Europe. It was fun also to a little different geography. So my niece and nephew were like, 
Ashton for some reason was studying something about European history, so he was able to, you know, Copenhagen and all these cities. He's like, oh, that's where Copenhagen is. I'm like, okay, what are they teaching you in school? He, at least he knew there was a city called Copenhagen. So, so that's kind of fun. I mean, I thought it was just a chewing tobacco. So Ashton's ahead of me. It is a true chewing yeah. tobacco, yeah. I yeah. did win that game, I should just say. I did defeat. Of course you, know, you did. You took down the champ? Yeah. yeah. Of course you yeah. did. Because if you aren't winning, why are you playing? <laughs> um, and then last time, when we were here a couple of weeks ago, yeah. it was just Josh, John, and I. Um, I brought over, I had just gotten Tiny Epic Western, the latest in the Tiny, Tiny Epic um, series of games uh, we broke that out um, and that was uh, I, I thought it was kind of fun I mean yeah. I, I'd try and played solo it's an interesting mix they kind of you can see a lot of the I think what they've learned from some of the other games that they did I mean it has some similarities I think to Tiny Epic Heroes you can kind of see some of the worker placement there there's a little bit of feels like stuff they stole from Tiny Epic Galaxies um, but I almost like right now this one's my favorite probably of them Um because it seems like they got it a little cleaner, and I like the the looks of it too. I think the the aesthetics of the the little town, western town, on the table, and your meeples and yeah. the bullet dice, like they you kind of hit the little spots that really kind of why well, mind really make it look good in the table and just fun kind of fun to play. Because I mean, it really is kind of worker placement euro, which usually is not my sweet spot, um, but it's not too long, not too complicated, and you do get to shoot each other battle, which as long as there's some battling, it's good. Yeah, well, and the the layout too is. It kind of goes around in a circle, and there's six kind of points. So it's it, it kind of has that Western flavor where it's you know it's like a, you're looking through a six shooter. You know, like it's kind of cool that way. I don't know if they meant to do that. I assume they did, I, but I think they did. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of lends itself into the theme. That's good. Um, and then just today, um, again, Neil from work. Neil um, from work. Um, we played had an X-wing day at work at lunch, and but we actually instead of playing kind of normal um, like fifty or seventy-five point one-on-one uh, you know dogfight battles, we broke out the Heroes of a Turi cluster, which is the the cooperative you know campaign mission. It's been out for about a year, I think, something like that. Um, production quality is amazing. Um, I think you know Fantasy Flight's kind of like given it a little bit of their blessing. I think I don't think they officially support it, but they're not doing anything to kind of discourage it. Um, but that was I, we, that was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Made a lot of sense because we have a lot of newer players, people that only play X-Wing when we do a, you know these kind of game days. Um, so you're all playing cooperative. I think what makes it is the AI on the TIE Fighters because the, the Imperial ships are all run by AI. Um, and it made it competitive. Like we were going to be, we, we got through about 75% of the scenario and then we had to call it quits for time. We probably would have won, but we would have took a lot of damage and and gotten through. So it's a it's a challenge. It's it's pretty cool. Which because I thought you're gonna I'll be able to outguess the AI. You'll kind of know what it does, but they've got it just smart enough and just random enough that it uh, you can't you have to kind of really play against it. And you're outnumbered, so that's the kind of thing. They're aggressive and you're outnumbered, so you kind of really got to battle. So that's cool. It might be something we can throw down one of these nights too. That could be if we get a bunch of guys together, it might be fun to try out. And then I know we touched on it earlier, but D and D with uh, Tyson Tepper over there running the show on Roll Twenty. It's been awesome. We've been starting that back up. Yeah, we relaunched after summer. Our uh, just like the fall TV shows. Yeah, sweeps sweeps the sweep, uh, fall campaign. You guys churned through a black dragon like it was butter. You. 
outsmarted a bunch of ogres, you tricked a Fomorian, uh, creating a mortal enemy for life. All, all good things. All good things. Um, made it back to Waterdeep, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the next the next quest was presented to you. Have you guys started preparing for the heist at Candlekeep? No. The most well-protected library in the Forgotten Realms that you have to steal a book from? I mean, yes. We have a rogue, don't we? Yeah, we're yeah. Just we have gonna, a rogue. Okay. Yeah, we have a rogue. She's just going to walk through the walls, yeah, grab the book, and walk back through the walls. It's like we're thing. good. Right, right. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun to get back planned. Um, and when we were playing, Tommy's buddy Danny was watching because they've been talking about D&D and what it's like. Um, so I picked up uh, the newest adventure, Storm King's Thunder. They all rolled up characters, and we had our first game. Was that this week? Yeah. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, so the intro to that, just party of three, Tommy, Danny, and Charlie. Uh, started DMing another game. Two relatively new players. I mean, Charlie had played, but not for a long time. Yeah. And he had never played a, a role-playing game like pen and paper before. So it was kind of teaching as we go, and Tom really coached them through the character creation. Um, so they've got a, uh, a bard, a sorcerer, and a rogue. Um, kind of an interesting <laughs> uh, party. So we'll see how they fare going going into... Uh, Invasion Tank. And what's, yeah, the na- really. what's the name of that module again? Uh, Storm King's Thunder. And they have what? A bard, a sorcerer, and a rogue. Okay. Who's who's going to fight the storm giant? Uh, the rogue. Okay. okay. Evasion, just just checking. Pain. Okay. Yeah. It's got like a 17 AC and <laughs> 19 hits like a truck. Level one hits like a truck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, now I'll probably put together like an NPC paladin or a, a <laughs> saying they might need to hire a henchman or two maybe yeah. maybe yeah but uh some sort of i think they had a lot of fun it was cool dynamic playing with um you know some newer players and and tom as the party leader so as far as goblins go we're, we're doing just fine <laughs> yeah you are tearing through those goblins <laughs> <laughs> and then charlie wanted to fight the agent of the zenterum and you talked him down from that which was yeah. wise yeah I mean, we could have taken her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, a little bit of D&D. I think we played uh, another Curse of Strahd game with Matt and Elena a while back. Um, keep that campaign going. And then um, I have been playing an unhealthy amount of Ticket to Ride on my iPad <laughs> almost every oh. night. So he's, have, he's been training for John. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. coming for you, John. Yeah, yeah. So they have those badges on the iPad uh, game. Like how many tickets you complete in a standard game? I hit the twelve tickets completed in a standard game of Ticket to Ride. Oh. Um, I broke the two forty is my high score right now wow. in a two player game. Um, One seventy is my high score in a five player game. So I'm I'm just trying to maximize. I'm learning all of the secrets to Ticket to Ride. I think I've played something like three hundred and forty games right now because <laughs> the next badge is a thousand games played. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wow. th- it's real. I mean, I'm going hard at Ticket to Ride. Serious business. Yeah. Uh, and then when you guys were playing um, all of your craziness, Tiny Epic Western and Manhattan Project and whatever else, um, Tom and I, with Nicole, we played Scythe. 
introduced them to that game. Awesome. Uh, had a pretty good time. Um, Tom won actually his first time playing, so maybe he can share some secrets. I, don't know, I built all the mechs right away and just plopped them in front of everybody so nobody messed with me. And then, what faction were you? Um, what color were you? The yeah, what Polish color? ones, the Polaska or whatever, white. Polandia. White. Polandia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, me- the whatever card I had, the mechs built really easily, mm-hmm. and I got all the upgrades. And I basically I got the. What do you need? The six achievements to finish it. I got yeah. those, and you edged me really out barely quick. by yeah. just the uh, the achievements because I went the popularity mm-hmm. route and spread out. Well, and then my last turn, I moved three mechs in to just win a combat to get one of those yeah. out of the way. But solid, okay. good game. I really I liked mean, it. Yeah, I like how how that game makes you think, and I'll keep manipulating the the games played because that's what I do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're next on the list. The uh, the regular mage game playing that um two if not three times a month i uh, got a game tomorrow night again pretty excited we're we're making some good progress getting some serious power trying to establish our our stake in milwaukee and be recognized as our cabal being like the power in milwaukee we'll see how that plays out because usually once you put up the sign that says hey we're the biggest okay. baddest guys around somebody bigger and badder comes in to knock over your sign and kick you in the <laughs> junk so king of the hill yeah uh and then i recently bought minecraft on the ps4 i've been (laughs) playing a lot of minecraft it's pretty fun um just building stuff and exploring a minecraft world i'm eight years late to the party but uh yeah maybe longer maybe because only my looks like my 10 year old nephews are the ones that play minecraft that's the although i think no i think ashton moved on he was big and then I think he moved on to your next thing that you have on your list. Well, um, you know, it's back in my house right now. So it's kind of like, you know, when somebody's in a in a 12-step program or in recovery, you try not to expose them to things that bring here, them... Here, just in. have a sip. Right, right. So Tom recently and my dad both renewed their World of Warcraft subscriptions mm-hmm. and have started playing... Um, quite a bit so it's there when i get home it's there when i leave it's there all the time and it's really hard guys for me to stay on this path this road to recovery um i haven't done it yet but it, it gets harder and harder every day i keep asking tom about his characters it. don't fight it don't fight it was this the movie the movie came out and that got you back oh, i saw i went yeah i, saw well, I played last summer. winter um for a bit and got real into arenas and playing that and then over summer, it just kind of got boring. But now the expansion just came out, so it brought a lot of people back playing. So it's kind of like alive again. Yeah, what is the expansion called? Legion. Legion, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's cool. It's fun. It's I'm nostalgic, but I'm it's close new. to just mainlining it. Like, you guys will see me with, like, Carpal Tunnel. and. Well, the thing I like about it this time around is it's like, when we used to play, it was like definitely consuming like being in a raiding guild and all of that now it's like there's enough to do without having to commit to playing for you know specific times or for six hours straight so it's a lot easier to kind of pick up and play and then stop but it's no less addicting just maybe more flexible than what you were used to (laughs) yeah so so it's even easier to become a junkie yeah (laughs) yeah that's great so so yeah i'm trying to you know keep my uh 
my seven years clean or whatever it is now. Maybe it's only five or six. Fight the demon. He has to give his pin back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not yet. I have not played. I thought it was a, it's in a chip. I, I get a chip know, every year. Is. Yeah. Uh, and every year that you go without playing, they give you that many free years when you come back. So, uh-huh. yeah, they're they're trying to get us back. But I won't do it, Blizzard. I know what you're up to. I why the fuck do I have a Warcraft mad in front of yeah, me? Yeah, you definitely <laughs> the card game Warcraft. <laughs> Damn it. It's bullshit. It's Ragnarok. But yeah, Ragnarok. so that's that's a lot of gaming. I don't know, Tom, have you been playing anything else other than WoW or Scythe? D&D? Dark Souls. Yeah. A little bit of painting, a little bit of list building. Age of Sigmar painting and yeah. list building. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm having Tom build my new list for Adepticon. We'll touch on that in the hobby uh, section. But yeah, he's my consultant. I brought in the big guns for a competitive well, army. We'll see when we take last place. I'm going to go 0-3 <laughs> yeah. in the team tournament and the individual yeah. again. Or 0-6. <laughs> I'm going to have a professional record of 0-9-1. <laughs> We're competitive here at the BOD. Yeah. So, uh, what have we been buying lately, gentlemen? All the things. We'll start with yep. you, Troy. Um, so, yesterday, I was able, after, um, I think, four hours, to, to order a copy of Mechs vs. Minions, which has had a, you know, a ton of hype. The, the board game from Riot, Riot Games, who makes League of, Le- Legion, League of Legends. Um, and who you'd think, right? League of Legends is an online multiplayer game. You'd think their website would be, you know, they'd have pretty good servers and everything else. And but for some reason, they didn't put that that emphasis on their merchandise web cart. It was pretty much a shit show um, to get in, and it was the only reason I got in is because well, it's a free to play online game. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but Riot has I don't know billions of dollars of value. It's yeah, crazy, one point six billion. Yeah. yeah. So, it, yeah. but I literally because I, I thought about this as they were saying, like, oh, you know, everybody's gonna go on in that afternoon to try and get. Although I think there's still I haven't I didn't look today, but in, earlier today there were still um, there were still copies available. They weren't in. I think they were in a second wave of shipping, but it wasn't like you're probably gonna wait forever. Well, yeah, they they did what thirty thousand yeah, copies, right? So I don't one. think they're gonna sell out a thirty thousand. But well, mm-hmm. but yeah. who knows? I, there was plenty of hype. I mean, they definitely I mean, was, did a good job. Yeah, how they released it, the press release. I mean, Secret Cabal talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit. They did the presser. They did the the advanced copies. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, is, is there going to be crossover from the guys that play League of Legends that see Riot Games and that brings them on board uh, to tabletop? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think what was, I mean, just a little bit. I was just, The only reason I got in is I jumped on Twitter and Reddit where people were telling you how to kind of hack their website to actually get, <laughs> get in, and it actually worked, and that's the only reason I got in, but it still was. What was the hack? Uh, you just kind of put extra slashes on the end of the URL, and that got you. There must have been doing either some kind of caching, or they were trying to. Something was catching that, and by giving it a different URL, you were getting past it, and you could actually get to the checkout cart. Interesting. Um, and it was still a little slow, but you just it, otherwise it was just timing out and some craziness. So, um, yeah. So guys had that hint up there on on Reddit, and so I jumped on. Finally, but even that, it took me probably an hour of kind of messing because. You'd have to time out to get to the page just to put in the slashes and all the craziness. So, 
It was good. So I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, I don't. We don't need to talk about it too much because if you've been anywhere in board gaming, I'm sure you've heard about Max versus Minions. I mean, there's tons of stuff online, and uh, but it, it looked like fun. I wasn't at first. I'm like, ah, but then with the price point and this, the quality, it's like this looks like something fun to kind of have in the on the shelf and uh, probably play it every once in a while. And, and who knows, maybe you play it and you'll get really hooked on it or something else like that because it looks fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you bought it because I'm uh, definitely caught my radar. I was like, hmm, yeah, that's I'm, interesting. I'm glad yeah. Troy bought it so I don't have to. Yeah. Because I need a break from <laughs> buying games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you said, I think, I wonder how they market. It seems like they marketed heavy in the board game mm-hmm. kind of industry, lane, social media thing. And I just don't know because it was funny just watching a little bit of the social media stuff. It seemed like people who were a little shocked and the people who were probably more upset about not being able to order it were people who seemed to be not aware of it as much like oh this is this new thing and didn't really know a lot of the backstory or anything else like that which were probably people from the video game side of the world i would think but yeah i'm, I'm not in that so i don't know if they did any advertising in kind of the normal video game channels or anything like that but yeah see if they actually sell out of the thirty thousand. that would be interesting for sure yeah, so I, I took advantage of Games Universe's uh, sale that they were doing. I went in there the other day, and I, I resisted buying a lot of stuff. Hmm. It was one of those I'd pick up a box, I'd carry it with me, like Star Wars Rebellion I had in my hands for a little bit. Um, uh, a couple of other Space Force Exactly. I think I had, I had like, I don't know, I had like $250 worth of games in my initial stack, and yeah. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, should I just do it? Well, how often am I going to get 25% off? I'm like, I don't really yeah. need and, like, then, and so I whittled it down. Then I thought it. to myself, well, if I buy all this stuff on Amazon, I get 30% off. So Right. It wasn't um, that big a deal just because yeah. it was there in your hand. It was. I mean, it worked. I, made, I bought more stuff there than I probably bought in the last year, so it's like... Yeah, so I, I picked up uh, the Marcy Case expansion for Time Stories to add that, so now I've got Prophecy of Dragons and Marcy Case ready to roll. Um, and I also picked up Storm King's Thunder uh, there, even though I think Matt said he had a copy that he wasn't going to use, but I couldn't wait, so I bought it. And um, then uh, my pre-order of Seafall through Miniature Market, I got the shipping notification Tuesday, and I've been watching it all week, watching it all week. <laughs> and then today I saw, oh, it's at the FedEx, FedEx. Smart Post facility, FedEx, yeah, Smart Post facility in New Berlin. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it today. This is awesome. And then I updated at 1 o'clock, and it said, sent to the U.S. Postal Service in Milwaukee. Arrival will be Saturday. I was like, it had to go past my house from FedEx <laughs> to get to the Milwaukee sorting site. And if it gets lost on a truck and I don't get it on oh, Monday, bastard. it's going to be such a heartbreaker. But um, Seafall is so, so close. And then I don't know that I'll play another game for a while. Well, who is going to play Seafall with you? Uh, Tom will. That's we'll do only two of you. I'll play. Josh will play. Okay. You don't want to play? Mm. I I I keep trying. I've tried, and just I'm. It you're gonna see. You're gonna be like, this is so much fun. You. Guys. I want to know. I want to see. Remember how you thought Scythe was gonna be stupid? Yeah, oh, it's you're gonna be Katan with Max. Katan with it is Katan. Max. Katan it is Katan with Max. Max. <laughs> it's just it's good. Still, it's still good, but <laughs> it is good. Katan with Max. Yeah. When oh, I finished man. winning, I was like, it, my strategy is different than Katan, but it was very similar. Uh, not really but um somebody's gonna like seafall and it's gonna be me and i don't care but if anyone else I, it looks it. fun i'm interested to play troy stick it, stick it, to it your doesn't there's nothing unlike um but like um what's that scythe is a gorgeous pretty game i'm not getting that vibe out of seafall i hate to tell you like maybe at the end of what because what it is is the problem is as a legacy game i think it starts out very plain 
And what you don't know is like where it's going to go after the 12 games. You build the story. You get to name the ports, the people, the ships. I don't want it. But my handwriting sucks. I want to write on the card. Oh, man. We'll type it out. have some we'll dumb names. print labels. As long as so everybody's got to give good names stuff. They can't you could, be like. You could give like, your ship. Like, like there's going to be like Wu-Tang port. <laughs> no, you, no, what, no, you could call it Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> it would be if it was yeah, in the Far <laughs> East. Yeah, in the Far East, there will be Wu-Tang. Definitely, uh, call, definitely calling my boat Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> You can't play with me anymore. <laughs> See, this is what I would worry about. Like, okay. One of the ships is going to be the Albatross. I'm going to bring in everything from all my DM, D&D Bodie campaigns. Bodie. There's no horn. It's, they just try, try well, my boat has a horn. <laughs> Troy would play Seafall if it, if he would have got a copy of Gen Con. Yeah. Right. No. no. <laughs> right. How can you hate on Rob Davia, one of the greatest I'm not. I'm ever? not. There's no hate. There's just no hate. I'm just oh, like, man. I'm looking for something. Like, as a legacy game, it has to, like, I'm going to commit to play 10 of these games. Just keep playing X-Wing. It better bro. be good. Keep, we'll keep see. X-Wing. We'll see if it's God. worth it, Ty. I don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> I, I said I'd play. Yeah, but you're going to name it Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> God, here, well, it's got a horn. Here, Ty, here's a Seafall box. <laughs> Your friends are going to shit in it, then ask you to play with them. <laughs> Yeah, so moving on, other shit. <laughs> How about Kickstarter? Yeah. Kickstarter is fucking awesome. Kickstarter is great. Uh, I want to kickstart my gaming group. Who's, I want you go, Josh, you go. You have right. an actual real one. I'll, our, ours are kind of tales of woe about Kickstarter and caution. I'm excited. Um, are you? Feel these nipples. <sighs> Super excited. So the I, I got an email. Uh, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. Was that set, sent to info at basementofdeath.com? Because uh, that's where you send emails if you want to talk to us. Info at basementofdeath.com. All right, sorry. It was it was uh, actually sent to my personal email address, which I'm not going to give out over the airwaves. Oh, Bodie McBoatface at, at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, the Duchess folks uh, sent me an email saying... What color would you like your table? What color did you go with? I went with brown. Brown. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It was like the woods brown? What or? was your choice? Oh, the wood? The wood color, yeah. Okay. What did you do for the felt? So you get... So, okay. Let, yeah. We'll dive right in. Yeah. So, yep. <clears throat> the Duchess table is a gaming table, and it's they're, they're doing a uh, mass run. So if you haven't is heard it, of it... Is it created by Sterling Archer? <laughs> it should be. That, well, and I'm going to probably put some sort of Archer thing in there, but... Um. Yeah, no. So they're doing like a gaming table mass production run, and it's these guys that do gaming tables. Like they they've done it for years, and so they they're getting the cost down by mass producing this table. So you don't have like t- a ton of options, and you have one standard size and the whole thing. Um, but so yeah, that you get three get three. There's three different colors that the table can be: uh, blonde, brown, and I think they're doing a black, which I, I almost did the black, but I decided brown was the way to go because it's kind of a dark brown. Looks nice. Then I decided on uh, they have wing shelves. So it's it's an, it's a recessed table, um, and you can put these wing shelves on the sides. So if you're playing like a smaller game, you have like table space on either side. Kind of Kind of cool. And then cup holders, and they also added chairs that match the table. Um, but, but you don't I, need those. I just found these fantastic chairs at the Walmarts for twenty five dollars, and we're all sitting in them right now. And 
What do you guys think, gentlemen? Are they pretty comfortable? They're very comfortable. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. Uh, these these chairs just kind of st- I stumbled upon them and very very happy. But anyway, the so the the gaming mat that's on the inside of the recess. There's uh, one side. So the standard one is red, and the other side I think is green. No. Yeah, red and green. Um, and I was like, okay, well that's fine. I mean, it's like a burgundy and a green. Um, and they added an additional one that is, uh, kind of a dark gray and a blue. And I'm like, yep. So I'm getting one, one of each cause you know, reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went with the cup holders, the wing shelves, brown. I opted not to go with the chairs and then I got the extra mat. What, what does that bring up to total cost on the Duchess? I'm curious because I have a, an addendum to this that's interesting. Uh, I think it's just under 800 or maybe that's 850 something like that. So what's, what's cool is um, they're delivering a product that is, uh, you know, I think pretty comparable to what uh, Geek Chic is doing. Mm-hmm. But recently Geek Chic has been advertising a um, quicker to process like a ready-made table their vanguard table with less frills less options but it's still their standard like three by five inset table with the topper and everything else for significantly less than their other stuff but still well well above that price point i want to say it's like 16 1700 with nothing and then it goes over two grand um it's i think that the quality of their construction because they're all like hand i don't know what it'll be like but not yeah not a significant savings. But it was interesting to see Geek Chic start blitzing this out there and that concept of you don't gotta wait a year and a half, order this now and we'll send it in yeah. four weeks. That's interesting. Um and it has to be in response to the Yeah, you wonder if yeah, did a lot of the Duchess kind of steal a whole bunch of market possible market right mm-hmm. yeah but, although a lot of again i think there are a lot of people who just aren't going to touch a gaming table at the two grand mark right no. and no matter what so did geek chic really lose any business i, I don't know yeah. right i mean it's, there's probably some people that you know were thinking yep. there's got to be some and yep. and the fact that there's another option out there i think is the the big point yep. here is hey this isn't your market you yep. can't have this monopoly. We're going to come and offer a product that yep. is. And there's another, and I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to have information at my fingertips, but there's another uh, company that's in the Midwest area because we've seen them at like yeah. GameHole Con, like a D6 okay. gaming or six, six, six sided, something. something like that. Into, Maybe yeah. we'll look Studios. and put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. But they do a pretty decent, again, the same thing there in that table market. They also do some other custom like wood shelvings mm-hmm. and things like that i don't know where i mean i think their price point is somewhere in between i think they're a little bit below geek chic but they still weren't like you know hundreds of dollars i don't think for for anything major that they were doing but um but it looks like good stuff good quality stuff and mm-hmm. um, another option yeah i think there's options out there they're just maybe not as well known and you have to kind of look around and again a lot of that for us it would be you're not paying a couple hundred or hundred dollars in shipping you actually could have gone and picked it up from them or Right, I got it, and that's kind of a big difference too. Yeah, and he definitely uh, on the Kickstarter, you know, uh, pledge thing, whatever. He was that was actually an option. Like, hey, you can save 
$150 or whatever it was, I $100. I, I'm not sure um, if you want to come pick it up, like if you're in the area or if you're anywhere nearby. Um, and I was like, oh, that that's kind of cool that he's giving that option, you know? Um, Studio 66. Yes. There you Good go. job. Nice. Tommy. Well done, Tommy. Um, but yeah, no, um, I think it, the board table games or what, board or board game tables or uh, whoever's doing yeah. the, the Duchess. Um, Sterling Archer. Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, yeah, they have like kind of a mid-range selection. Mm-hmm. So the, it's not quite geek chic price point. Um but it's it's not where they're that this table's at. I mean, it's it's kind of in that you know twelve hundred uh, two thousand range uh, for their tables. And I just, I just want to know one thing. Yeah. Uh, first person to flip the Duchess, what happens to them? Ooh. You, know, you get really <laughs> mad. You lose table flip. Oof. Is that a lifetime ban or like a one year suspension from not, the brew house? It's not going to be good. Well, we'll figure it out. I don't think anybody's going to really just flip the table. Like, it's a big table. Yeah, it's true. It's a big table. <laughs> Nobody's flipped that table. I don't think we've been playing a lot of co op stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get mad. Um, so, yeah, I went with the brown because these uh, brown chairs will probably match fairly yeah. close. Sweet. So. I'm excited. And, we and the, ch- the chairs were a little expensive, too. If you if you bought six, ta- no, six chairs from him, um, it was going to be more than the table. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, mm, I'll, I'll find table. I'll find, I'll find chairs somewhere else. So, anyway, that was that's my little update. I'm pretty excited. I think you can actually still purchase it too for what it's worth. Yeah, you can through uh, uh, Backerit or whatever. Yeah, if you if you can pre-order it or whatever. I think you get in the, like one of the last okay. shipments, but you can still get one if you're interested. And we'll put it in the show notes. Excellent, Troy. Uh, you as the resident Kickstarter junkie, anything going on? Um, sure. So I'll do my real ones and then I think I have a story and I think Ty, yours is going to tie into mine. Um, so I think I talked a little bit about Gen Con, um, as I got the, and this is only if you have kids, this is probably worthwhile, but I should even say maybe not. Um, the ABCs of RPGs, Ivan Van Norman, Van Norman, right? Van Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote that, um, camera with the artist named Caleb. Little, it's just a little kids book. Goes through the ABCs, but it goes. It's got a total spin around your RPGs and role playing. It's really like, and so and Sarah has really my daughter has loved it. I gave it to her for her birthday, so every night she's pulled it out and we run through it. And she knows her ABCs, so she knows it. So she's got stuff memorized. That M is for mystery. T is for treasure. <laughs> S is for ship. Um, and then he has little things like that. Um, but he has little like things that you'll get. Like one, I always think is like he said, "Y is for yes," which every GM should say. Which yeah. I'm like, like that's just a slip yeah. in, right? To like you're not like a kid's not gonna understand what that means. But that's all like there's little stuff like that that he kind of slips in there. That you know really, I, I think that's such a good that's such a good standpoint to take. I like that. I like that a lot. So it's good. So I'll have to show it to you. Or you can, I think yeah. you still have, they have it in normal order now. I think you can get from Hunter Books. Yeah, I'll have to, um, I'll probably have to pick that up. That's pretty But it's cool. really cute. And the art is amazing. The art is really cool and really nice style. Um, pretty cool. So I, I give props to them. I mean, that's something that I'm sure it was kind of a labor for love for him. And it's really cool. Yeah, that's um, And I'm really cool. enjoying it. Um, the, uh, 
non-Kickstarter, but in the vein of Kickstarter, is I did pre-order Wasteland Express Delivery Service, which is a new game from kind of the John Gilmore. Um, yeah, okay. And John Gilmore, Matt Riddle, Ben Pinchback. Um, and then the art is from Ricardo Bercelli, who did DMZ, which is like a favorite comic of mine, if you've ever seen DMZ. Um and it's just like I've I've heard a couple of interviews of John Gilmore and that kind of got me hooked. I mean he's dead of winter if you know he's designed yeah, uh, some Vault Wars, dead of, yeah. Vault Wars and so like so he's done some good stuff. So this just looked interesting and kind of threw some money at that. Cool. Um, I think they're still they still give you updates and where they are in pre order. So I think it's gonna be t- sometime twenty seventeen before that comes out. But looks like fun. It's gonna it's a pick up and deliver, but in a post apocalyptic kind of road warrior type uh, Mad Max type setting. So it's kind of it should be kind of cool. Nice. I kickstarted the. This is the first time I kickstarted something that wasn't really gaming related. Um, Zane Lamprey, Three Sheets, uh, show and travel. He's like a big travel drinking uh, host. Um, he did this uh, adventure hoodie. It's like it's got to be the greatest. This might become my tournament hoodie <laughs> slash my travel. Like any time yeah. I'm going to the airport. Um, they they the fabric looks awesome it looks super comfortable they have vented um underarm like vents you can zip it up to like open it up if you want the hood kind of comes down over your eyes so if you're traveling you can just put your hood up and it like blacks your eyes that's reflective it has something 23 different pockets and inserts and features so you can have a sunglass holder you got a little pen pocket you got somewhere for passport or wallet all these different things there's a bottle opener the the zipper has a bottle opener on it um a koozie pocket on the breast where you could put a bottle you know and it actually is the neoprene material that keeps it cold Mm. um so it it looks amazing they have uh, black camo herringbone gray a couple of different color options he raised he was looking for fifty thousand dollars he raised 1.75 million <laughs> on the kickstarter Twelve thousand some backers um each hoodie if you kickstart is around eighty dollars and it's going to retail for 128 yeah. or something so um got in that with uh with my buddy brian he i showed it and i knew he would love it and um got in the kickstarter first time i've kickstarted a non-gaming well, it sounds like it has some gaming application. I, I think there will be plenty of places for dice and tape measures, so it'll be a great, <laughs> uh, great tournament yeah. uh, hoodie. I almost jumped in on that. I, I saw that too, and I was this close. Did, and I, when I retweeted, did, or did you uh, see something? Actually, it's, uh, Bert Chrysler's. Okay. Chrysler, uh, yeah, Burnt Chrysler's uh, podcast. I hear, I hear he's really fat. He's super fat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> Burt Chrysler uh, or Chrysler. Jeez, I keep now. Burt Chrysler. Yeah, Burt Burnt Chrysler. <laughs> Burt Chrysler. Burt Chrysler. Yeah. Burt 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 dot com. He's really fat. Yeah. Um. He he talks about it on his podcast a bunch, and oh, he's got okay. it on his website. And I, I I was this close, and I I haven't pulled the trigger. Um. I think you can still get them like after the fact. Yeah, the price just goes up. Yeah. Right. So what what uh, colors did you and Brian go with? So they they'll send out the survey after where you pick that, but I'm oh. gonna get the we did the limited, so the nicer fabric, slightly more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian's doing black camo. I'm doing the uh, herringbone gray. Nice, nice, good choices. So, uh, tales of woe. All right, all good Kickstarter backers. So you know you have too many Kickstarters when. 
<laughs> so this was my experience last night when you know you get your updates and it was oh the massive darkest update comes out whatever and they're talking about that and i'm like it seems like the pledge manager came out oh maybe i should go on the pledge manager on that so i look back i'm like oh yeah they did send me a pledge manager email on september 19th so i go on there and i get my finish up that that's not too bad i've only missed that by about a month right and i'm not no big deal there so i'm doing that and i'm on the cool mini or not you know on their pledge manager and as i'm closing it out it kind of rolls you back to your list of like all the things you kickstarted there <laughs> and i see this xeno shift thing on there i'm like <laughs> i didn't back xeno shift dreadmire did i like yes you did, you did. <laughs> I remember you talking about that on a podcast. I guess I should listen to my own podcast. I don't know. All of a sudden, I look. I'm like, what? I didn't do it. And so I click on the pledge manager. Oh, I guess I did. I guess I should have done this like a year ago or something. Like, I mean, I, well, luckily it actually is late. Otherwise, I would be a case where I'd be. They'd be waiting on me. I'd be that person. Like, we still have had twelve people that haven't answered to pledge manager. And you're like, who's an idiot that would do that, right? <laughs> oh, I guess Troy Weiss is an yeah, idiot. Yeah. So that's and that's immediately I'm like, uh oh, this might be a sign of a problem when yeah. I don't even remember that I back stuff. And so I went in and had to put in. I'm like, oh, well, what should I get for this? Because like, luckily, luckily it's late, I think. Otherwise, it would be shipping right now originally, but I think it's going to come out in the next month or two. So I don't think I shot myself in the foot too bad. Well, um, <laughs> around Gen Con, I was talking about... Oh, it's okay. Did something break? Yeah. I, I don't know what that was. We'll have to get that in post. In <laughs> <laughs> There's a phone, but it's in a case. You should kickstart the, uh, the attachable to your pocket. It clips like your phone in. That would be cool. Where it won't let it fall, like a yeah, make that noise again. Yeah, <laughs> the case, right. the case so, works. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Kickstarter, um, uh, like Troy, I, but I don't, I don't kickstart that much stuff, which is what makes this a little concerning. Um, around Gen Con, I thought the others, oh, there's going to be a Gen Con, I could pick it up there. Uh, they didn't do that for the Kickstarter, but they had copies mm-hmm. there, I think. A few, mm-hmm. maybe. Yep. Um, and I was like, I'll get it shortly after Gen Con. Well, it turns out if you don't actually update the ship and pay for shipping <laughs> and any add-ons you want, it doesn't just arrive. So <laughs> I saw these shipping updates happening, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why haven't I got the others yet? Here we are a week ago early October and I'm like I'm going to go look on Kickstarter and figure out where my others is <laughs> message cool mini or not I haven't received my copy what's going on I get a message back promptly from whoever at cool mini or not Mr. Tepfer you have not selected your shipping options or completed your uh your pledge manager for <laughs> the others you need to do that here at this link and then we will ship it when late shipping ships and I was like, okay. So I go read, and I'm like, well, they're having all these issues with the Europe shipping mm-hmm. and Chinese. I'm like, I'm never going to get this game. I'm never going to get it. <laughs> it's probably still in a factory in China being put together by Wei Ping or whatever the five-year-old's name is that's pressing the plastic injection molding. It's definitely under too much pressure. <laughs> pressure? So I don't know when I'll get the others, uh, but I did back it. I swear I paid for shipping, but I didn't. And I got the Sons of Ragnarok, the motorcycle gang, mm-hmm. because I want to bring them into Zombie Side. Right. 
and do that whole crossover with uh, the Sons of Ragnarok motorcycle gang Excellent. from the others. So Excellent. someday we'll play the others. Yeah. Very cool. <sighs> Kickstarter. I do have a real cool, on an aside, mm-hmm. I have a really cool, I've been on the Zombicide kind of kick selling some of my old stuff but by doing that i'm actually looking at cool other stuff in third party so i found some rules that i might have to do to cross to my games where they had rules for and with the new gears of war game that came out i'm like oh i should play gears of war so i found rules though for the four guys from gears of war to bring those models into a zombicide game oh cool so i'm like I have to do. I think we have to do this. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have to. That'd be the first time we could win at Gears. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, yeah. So that's that's all the Kickstarter fun. Um, you know, sadly, I still I need to start hobbying badly. I'm less than six months out from Adepticon, um, and that's how long it's gonna take me because I have yet another army change. Uh, <laughs> This one's further out than my last yep. army. To be fair, yep. I changed uh, directions last year uh, less than two months out. I think I was yep. about 45 60, days yeah, out. 69, yeah, or 60 or 45 days, I think you were. Uh, so now I'm six months out and I'm changing direction. Um, ah, you'll be good. But yeah. I need to I need to purchase, build, and paint that army. So, so you should not get World of Warcraft then. Yeah, that definitely has, that would, has that would a hamper yeah, negative your, effect on your hobby usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although Tommy somehow does it, so maybe you have to take tips. I don't know. Just devote yourself to two things. For me, it's Warhammer, World of Warcraft. I pick one video game and hobby. Not running, writing maps and adventures. Right. And, yeah. See, and our not having a girlfriend. Six a week, right. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I cut that out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So I'm. I'm I have the uh, Beast Claw Raiders uh, source book. I bought the Stonehorn model. I'm going to do Ogres, and then Tom and I are going to be Destruction and the team tournament at Adepticon. I I bet we win a game. Yeah, we'll win one game. You got it. We'll win mm-hmm. the bottom table. Anyone that... We'll just, we should just yeah, we'll go to fine. table 40 and set up <laughs> shop and be like, we'll take anyone that... I gets. think in the team tournament we'll do fine. Yeah, Troy well, and yeah, I, you'll be yeah. us, right? Yeah, because yeah. you'll be generaling, and I'll no, just be there to say, "No, let's do this. Roll that." I think the team tournament's different. You don't have as many people are bringing in two different lists, so we're yeah. Troy and I are going to do it. We just nodded at each other. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna be your your yep. win. We'll be at the bottom table, dude. You could do a corn, like if you you have enough stuff where you could do two separate thousand point lists, do corn and play. That would be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Yeah, we'll, I'm gonna try we'll, to make we'll talk demon, after. demon army. You're doing a demon army? No, I don't know what I'm doing. I got. I keep going. I'm see. I'm not on that side though. I'm, I keep going between um, the stormcast and the sylvaneth. I, I can't. I keep I, going. I know of a stormcast army you could probably purchase. <laughs> it's mostly painted, I think, too. No, it's not mostly painted. <laughs> Which is good. There's a lot that yeah. you could paint. Yeah, I'd have so. to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. That's uh, hobbying is planning, and I'm I'm bringing in my list consultant Tom to put together a tight ogre uh, two thousand point and one thousand point list, uh, so I can not go zero and three. You'll crush it. So my hobby also is planning and buying. That counts, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Yeah. So well, I Paul, have. Paul Murphy th- says buying is hobbying. Buying is hobbying. So the four a bunch of Death Watch guys have shown up at my house. They're there. I said to get them out of the box, put them together, did, put paint on them. Did you see the new Marine box? Um, Ultima. I think. Yeah. I think so. I don't know if you did. You tweet something at me or I texted have, me. Maybe yeah, somebody I saw it somewhere. It was yeah. The best value they've ever mm-hmm. done. It's so great. You get a Land Raider, a drop pod, one of the flyers, Stern Guard Squad, a Terminator Squad, a Captain, a drop pod, and Dreadnought. Yeah, and Tactical and Devastator. It's it's crazy. crazy. For for how much? Under two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's right. It's like shut shut the front door. It's at least it's like what a hundred to hundred fifty off like retail, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. I think I priced it out, and it's about four twenty mm-hmm. if you're buying yeah. everything individually. I don't want to say it's two hundred, maybe two twenty five, mm-hmm. two twenty. Wow! And if you buy it off one of those twenty five percent off like Dicehead or somebody, yep. you can get it for one eighty. Wow! Yep. So that'll make up for the flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy doesn't like flyers. You can use the flyer in the uh, whatever that storm cloud assault game. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, so my Death Watch guys are gonna. My plan is those guys are gonna show up in Space Hulk at Adepticon too. So I need to kind of get. It's not a whole army, but I do need to get those guys put together. I kind of want to do a uh, Blood Angel, uh, the Intervention Force, the New mm-hmm. Angels Blade, um, Blood Angel Captain, and four. Uh, close combat Blood Angel Terminators. That'd be pretty cool. No guns. Guns are for the weak. Yep. It's brutal. How are uh, how are the Templar looking these days? They're they're good. They're still in the box. I have not. I haven't. I've thought about prep, but I really haven't done a whole lot for Space Hulk yet. Although I do have events. I do. We. I did talk to that. We're rocking on getting Adepticon up and going. So awesome. Yeah, any uh, any paint going on corn models? Have you done any? I haven't done so. I've I've been doing a lot of the the molds and stuff lately. Okay. Um, uh, I, actually, the last two three weeks I haven't, but um, I'm trying to get some like terrain done. Um, I don't know if I should announce this, but yeah, I, I kind of want to do it. Do do it. Um. The zombie side, Black Plague, um, mm. like Troy does the three um, D board. Yeah, yeah. With I want to do that too, but mm. I don't have the the skill, the wherewithal, or the. So with the molds, I think we can do it. We could totally do it. Pretty easy. I'm getting, and that's what, like I said, I've been on the zombie side, like kick to how to bling out, and I've been totally like getting trying to figure out like how can we do some kind of 3d buildings i've been looking at all the things people are doing for 3d buildings for the original zombicide and the black plague and i'm like okay this seems like that's the next evolution to yeah to kind I, of i have some ideas some like and play. I, I just need to well aren't those little square tiles about the size of like a square on the zombicide board like and well no because there's zones so well right so yeah you would just do different ti- like the different square tiles mm-hmm. like different textures for the different zones or paint them different for the different zones or some sort of delineation yep. you know and then i mean you could do like kind of like you do for um um 
Space Hulk. Space Hulk, yeah. thank you. Jeez. Uh, kind of like you do for Space Hulk, only do like the half walls mm-hmm. or just like the little little, little walls. Mm-hmm. So you are you have that delineation, but yeah. it's not like intruding yeah. so in the it game. Gives you the, yeah. yeah. So it's playable. So it gives right. you that kind of effect of being. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, I think it'd be totally easy. Like, what? for you. Well, <laughs> I, so what I need to do is like actually get the, the tiles, like the, mm-hmm. and kind of just rough them out so that it makes sense yeah so yeah or take a scenario or two and figure out how you could build it or approximate right yep yeah yeah and then i found again there's a bunch of third-party sites where guys have done like somebody did one with the resident evil house so they took the house from resident evil and do has custom tiles that you'd print out that you could play through it's just there's so much cool stuff people are doing that's awesome and i did i missed i did buy the two compendium books zombie compendium one and two that have all the a collection of all the scenarios they've put over yeah i have uh, so. one um and i guess i missed the the uh cool mini or not completely acquired guillotine a couple months back. oh I, I missed that too i don't know if it was right around gen con or what but um they uh cool mini fully acquired that uh ip cool that that just makes sense. That's good. I'm glad. Um, so we have a new section uh, called watching. So I I wanted to drop this in here because I got stuck. I don't know if anybody, how many people have seen this yet. So there's uh, Netflix just came out, um, I think earlier this month, um, a documentary called The Dwarvenaut, um, which is a documentary. I'm like, this looks kind of weird. There's a guy on the cover in armor and sunglasses, and and I didn't put everything together to read it. It's um, it's a documentary about uh, Stefan Porconi, I think is how you say it, or Porconi, um, who's the kind of creator and owner of um, Dwarven Forge. So I think most people are aware of Dwarven Forge, the you know square tile. I, I'm gonna say tiles right there, three D terrain for. Mostly for fantasy, you know, use them for D and D and stuff like. You can build all kinds of crazy stuff with the the dungeons and the caverns and stuff that he's done. Or, um, you, can, or you can mold your own. Or you can mold your own. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, it, it's kidding. crazy. <laughs> I mean, the I think. I mean, the as as cool as the the molding stuff is, the art on the and the sculpting on the yeah, no, they, stuff they, is pretty crazy. Yeah, and they the, do an awesome job. Yeah, and they're, and they're, a lot of them are pre painted and all this stuff. But it was. So you're like, how interesting, what is this going to be, right? And um, I turned it on, and I got sucked in, and I watched the whole thing. And it's um, what's interesting is it's more about kind of him as an artist, and you find out a little bit about, I mean, like, so he's like, I think, half Korean. He was kind of like, you know, his dad was in the Army over there. His mom came up for adoption, was adopted by an Italian couple in, uh, is it New York area? So it's funny, so he's was raised like totally Italian, but he's got this other ethnicity to him. So really like there's a lot and, uh, and older parents too. And then he, so it like goes through more his, his life. But then what it touches on is a lot of him at Gen, you know, you'll see Gen Con, you'll see Gary Con, uh, a lot of these other gaming things that we're all pretty familiar with and in season there. So that's like kind of the tie in. Um, but I, I would just recommend it. Like really interesting, um, to go into and a lot of it kind of follows there's a little bit arc of their latest kickstarter where they did the the cities i think they did which was um the last one they did which i don't know i mean it was successful i don't know if it was as wildly successful as some of the other ones mm-hmm. um to do that so i it's just kind of interesting we don't normally get a lot of documentaries in our 
kind of gaming you know genre um and uh this one was i guess this surprising because i think if you'd look at it like i said even i wasn't like okay maybe i'll see five minutes of this and it really grabbed me and i watched watched the whole thing and i I think it's something I would even show people that maybe are not gamers. Did it grab you by the dice bag? By the di- <laughs> yes, and pulled hard. And that was <laughs> but I think it, yeah, I think it might even be something that you could show people who aren't even into gaming and just give them a little bit of an angle because there is, especially somebody who's maybe more of an artist or has understand artistry and something like that because he comes at it from a little bit of that angle too. And so that's some. That's awesome. So that's so why I added the dwarven this, knot. Uh, the dwarven knot. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with our main topic. Yeah, we got to fill up our drinks, man. Yeah, we've we been out for like twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm out too. All right, we'll be back. It is so good to be back, guys. I'm I'm really excited to dive into the main topic with you all. You're excited. I'm excited too. Excellent. I'm glad you're excited. Thanks. You know what's interesting about this this main topic in today's show. It's kind of about fostering excitement and keeping the momentum going. See what I did there? Huzzah. Um, but uh, what, what I think would be the the forum for conversation is the experience that not necessarily breaking someone into a game, not introducing them, not selling them their first box of plastic crack, but once you're into that game and you've purchased your army or you've started down that road of acquiring... Um, what creates that community, what fosters that gaming group, that club, that store experience to keep a new player interested in a competitive, probably miniature game, either Age of Sigmar, 40K, something like X-Wing, where there is an active and competitive tournament scene. Um, there's a lot of leagues. There's a lot of you know uh, store play and, and different things. Um, so building an experience for that new player. But also, on the other side of that topic, the experienced player that's maybe started this group maybe has introduced a lot of these these players into the game how to keep it fun for them because they're gearing up for their next big tournament they're trying to tweak their list fine-tune their their skills on the table so how do you keep them interested so it's just not molly whomping a new player every other game Mm -hmm. and or potentially showing up and just having the coach and teach and if you don't enjoy that you're wasting your game night Um, because we all we all dedicate a lot of time to the hobby, to the game itself, um, so that that's valuable time, um, and it's creating that experience for both sides of the table. Uh, so I thought we'd just have kind of an open discussion about fostering that environment. How do you tailor the games? You know, the league is an escalation. Is it a tournament day? Is it just league play where you're playing regular games, or is it like our group that's informal? But when we get together and have a bigger game day, how do you keep everybody actively engaged, and and uh, how do you keep that carrot principle for players to <laughs> keep wanting to come back and keep wanting to progress their their growth in the game? So Troy, I think uh, you and uh, Neil were having a discussion kind of along this vein. Yeah, it's kind of came from uh you know neil and i were having a conversation just about this (laughs) about this and uh i mean it was kind of focused a little bit about x-wing i mean he was he's in that situation where he was working in a league um he was kind of the more experienced player he was so he had some kind of newer players coming in um and he he's been playing some of the more competitive trying to get into some of the competitive tournaments and things like that um and so it's kind of like how does you don't want to you know, kind of when that person's in the like their second, third game, they know the game. They're coming to the league night, but 
but you don't how do you now have a game with somebody which is like their second or third game you're fairly competitive and not just go and blow them off the table and because that's not really fun for either people right and maybe there may be some masochists who you know feel good when they crush somebody but that's not good for you know the experience of the community or anything else like that and so what can what can you do you know are there things you can do with and you know he was looking for ideas and we we kind of threw some stuff out and then um but you know what can you do can you do you know where you're like in, in X-Wing and sometimes in like in, in 40K or other miniature games like that, is it a case where you can create a new, a different army? Like you play a different army than what you're used to, something that you're you're going to learn something new, you're something out of your comfort zone um, that gives you a challenge, a little different challenge. And you're not just competing against that other person across the table. You're kind of learning something new about the army you're playing or something else like that. And that may be what you take away from that and still try and win. Cause you can try harder cause you don't know what this army can do. Um, I think, uh, I think Tom had it, but uh, that can also backfire. Tom had a good story <laughs> about, that, <laughs> yeah. about that. And I think I've had similar experience though. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a part of it is like that, that would be my approach personally. And I mean, I'm not an experienced player by any means, but um, I played uh, Age of Sigmar with Josh, who is newer newer to that than me, at least that rule system and the armies as they are. And yeah, I it was, approached it. Was my it, first game. Yeah, yeah, I approached it, and like I did a few things I've never done in a game in that match, and like it was a different list, and I approached it like, oh, well, this is stuff I want to try. So like, what better time to try it than now? And granted, like a few of the things weren't that effective, but a few of the units were incredibly effective in his first <laughs> game, and it's the type of game once you pretty much delete a unit there's not like oh let's uh, redo it take it back it's kind of like well i guess this is where we go from here and it was a unit that he really wanted to use too and it was not accidental like i knew something the knew it was going to be a conflict but so i mean it's uh it's kind of hard to calculate that as the more experienced player even if you want to go i mean because the alternative is to really just handicap yourself and then you are sacrificing that level of fun you're having with it. Yeah, and I, I mean, X-Wing, I've had the same, because we've had kind of the big X-Wing nights where we've had, you know, everybody has kind of a different skill level, and there were, I've tried to think, out. well, I'm not, you know, these lists that I'm taking aren't that, like, super powerful. You know, I was doing some of the Y-Wing lists, which are much more finesse, limited arc, and stuff, um, and then I'm still, like, going three and all on the night and i'm like oh you know maybe i'm still playing too you know too hard on those nights too but but the challenge for me was like how do i make this list work i know it has some weaknesses um and playing against other stuff and get it so i think that's an approach but i think i think you have to be careful there because mm-hmm. still it's, there's going to be some innate skill level that the more experienced player has that you're still you're going to make whatever you have work right and the, the newer player is not going to well and i think you know, if you're being going. open especially with a new player kind of maybe even explaining like what happened too mm-hmm. it helps the situation yeah. a lot because that yeah. will happen especially in a war game and if you're going to be more like okay well this could have happened and just to at least uh, keep the conversation going and i, I think that's a, a very valid point you know as as an experienced player introducing someone new i mean you remember our early games of 40k well we yeah that's what in. works for me actually i think it works better for me to lose a lot kind of I that re- on the table to coaching too mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. that's an important part you you think about that um you know you're right there in the moment it's happening you see them do something or you know you, you don't necessarily rewind and let them do it over, but you say, you know what you did there, I was able to exploit that because, and capitalize on it. And, 
and you provide that kind of teaching while you're playing um, or, you know, coaching, suggesting, you know, next time you might want to think about deploying in this way or doing that. So you share some of that experience and, and practice that you've had. Um, so, y- you know, I mean, there's there's that way we list construction. You know, at the end of the day, if you're playing with experienced players, no matter what, there's there's some wargaming players out there or X-Wing players that no matter what list you give them, they will beat the novice, mm-hmm. no matter, because list doesn't make the game. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a mitigating factor. But then, you know, the other thing you want to you wanna look at is what's the, what is the event? Is it a tournament? You know, match play. Um, what uh, Games Workshop has done with the General's Handbook is given you multiple ways to play, you know, um, a narrative uh, way in which you can bring um, anything you have to bear and have a relatively fair game. It may not equate to winning or losing, but it's the story you're telling. It's that idea, you know, that you're getting someone in and ingrained into the story. Um, then you have the um, open play, bring whatever you want, you know, and, and just have some fun. But that, I think, leads more towards that <laughs> erasing something off the table. You know, an experienced player can easily overcome that obstacle. And then match play. Uh, in my own experience, you know, in a, in a tournament at Adepticon last year, the way that a tournament structure works where if you win, you play at the higher tables depending on how you score, how how much you win by. And as you lose, you play on a lower table and you play against someone who has been <laughs> losing by an equal margin. And the the closest best game i had was my second game you know that was where i was very evenly matched had a very good game lost it but then played a table that was just fun on mm-hmm. the bottom table where you know you end up uh, in a scenario where you're with another experienced player you both maybe just brought you know it came down to a list it wasn't execution it's just we brought something we were mm-hmm. passionate about or something we had fun with but it wasn't tuned up and ready and that's in a field of 40 very experienced uh, players mm-hmm it's part of the structure of that game. And I think that's one thing you want to look at too, is, you know, if it's a gaming group and we're trying to get started, do you do a campaign and you escalate? Do you bring smaller increment, you know, larger Mm -hmm. increment each time? We've kind of talked about that in theory, but we haven't done it with our, our game group. But I think that's a great way to let people acclimate to the game. Right. And they grow up and grow, yeah, kind of grow into it with you and those smaller games, yeah, if they're a little unbalanced or somebody gets crushed, it's not as you know. It's not like you spent three hours of a eighteen fifty Warhammer game, right? And just being at one sided or something else, a quick five hundred point game or a combat patrol or skirmish or something else like that. And again, X Wing. Again, that that game plays fairly quick. You can do that. Although I think sometimes it can leave a bad taste in, in somebody's mouth if it's over and because that could be over in you know three turns <laughs> something gets blown up there but i just want to go back to kind of that coaching teaching thing mm-hmm. i think there's a, an angle there um and i want to see what you guys think I, I think as you're the experienced player you can play that and you talked about kind of the there's a situation where you can take the moment and say yeah you know what you did there i think something i don't know if i've kind of done at some points or whatever is you just kind of, I'll talk my strategy. I'll kind of talk out loud a little bit more. Things that are going through my head normally with a competitive player, mm-hmm. I'm kind of voicing that more. Like, oh, look, you know, I'm, here's the objective. I'm going to try and move my guys toward that. You know, you're kind of letting him see a little bit more of what you're doing so that he can react or, or you're not surprising him with anything. Um, and so you're, you're still kind of executing your strategy, but they're, they're able to see it a little bit and learn from it 
Um, and then hopefully, you know, you're not surprising when they can actually make it a little more competitive for you because they're kind of seeing a little, you're letting them see a little bit behind the curtain and what your strategy is. And so they can kind of counteract that stuff. Yeah. But, and uh, and you, you can do it in a way where you're not, you know, because I think the trick is not to be patronizing, right? You're not yeah, like, right. I don't want to like, you know, tell you what to do or how to hey, do look, it, right? Look, but, rookie, this is how it works. Yeah. 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 Right. What's cool uh, kind of about about that that you were just talking about, Troy, is Wayne Kemp from Heelenhammer. Um, I got to kind of witness him playing, and he's a very experienced Warhammer fantasy battle um, player, does fairly well in the tournament scene. Um, and at Adepticon, he he level set before the game and made it very clear, you know, what his list was capable of to his, his opponent and what he... So there were no surprises, you know, and I think there's that social agreement too that you don't have to tell your opponent line by line through your list what it does, but they should understand the uh, the central concept or the idea of what they're up against. Like in a really competitive tournament, is it possible to know all forty factions or whatever there are? <laughs> no, there's no way. So like that social agreement and that hey, this is what I've got. This is you know kind of how it works. You know, Tyler Mengel did a great job with his Tomb Kings of just kind of explaining, okay, this, you know, these are the abilities I have. This is kind of, and you have that discussion before you sit down and play. And I, I think that's really important to engage in that. It can be a couple of minutes before the game. This is my list here. Take a look. Do you have any questions? Do you know what this does, what that does? You get your opponents and you have that dialogue. And that's huge for creating that that experience that doesn't leave the bad taste and doesn't leave yeah. somebody saying, Ty's an asshole. I never want to go back to that league night because he showed up yeah. with something and didn't tell me. And they feel like you pull one over on yeah. them sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's the difference when you are. And even like you said, those were in a fairly competitive environment. But that's a lot of the line between are you playing in that competitive tournament versus is it just more of a we're playing a competitive game for fun. Mm-hmm, right? right. I mean, when Ty and I play 40K, it's to win, right? We're both trying to, you know, win and see who can get whatever. But it, it's a lot different, or like around how much you, you know. It's not just here's the list and what it does, but you know, oh, you get those guys are going to do this. You know, those Necron guys aren't going to die. These, you know, you kind of like again, it's that social agreement, like making sure that the your opponent understands what they're going to do. And I think that's where you can. There's levels there around. You know, if Ty and I are playing 40K, I'm not going to tell him all the tricks that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing somebody newer, I am going to tell him, going, you know what, these, okay, what you could do is watch out for these guys. So at some point, I'm going to teleport him across the board in your backfield. Just telling you, I'm going to do that mm-hmm. so that you're not surprised, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that, that can be a lot of the, the, the gray area where you can kind of ratchet yourself around what's the, the competitiveness or the, the level that you can work between you and your opponent. And that, so the the one piece of that uh, that that I think we've touched on a little bit, but uh, so the experienced player, how do how do you still have fun, right? How do you you know, coaching is great, and you know, still um, you know, telling your opponent what's what's happening here is 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 nice and all, but like, how do you still have fun with it, right? And and, and not kind of pander to what's going on on the table. Um, so Tommy kind of touched on it. Um, the trying new things out, right? So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this a little bit. So, like, uh, uh, Ty and I were talking about this this topic before the show here, and uh, we were talking about you know how it can relate to card games as well. So, like Magic, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, a magic draft. Uh, a lot of times, there's depending on the the sets and things. There's strategies on how you draft. Um, sometimes there's real straightforward, like I'm gonna beat your face. Sometimes there's hey, there's little combos going on or whatever. Um, and, and oftentimes um, there's there's a, a one or two or three solid strategies that people do for certain sets that just win, and people know that. Well, kind of like what Tommy was saying, hey, I'm going to try something new, especially with new players. Hey, I'm going to try something that isn't like a beat face type thing. Hey, this is a little combo thing. Or, hey, this is a a, strat- a draft strategy that I'm going to implement with this set that I wouldn't normally in a tournament, but I want to try it here just to see how it works. You know, like, and maybe it does become really powerful. Like, like when Tommy played me, he just kind of you know mopped the floor with a, a unit that I really wanted to try he was he didn't know like he yeah. did he, he was just trying something out um it, and you know maybe that backfires and it makes it not fun for the the newbie player but at, at least the, the ex- more experienced player can try out that draft strategy can try out that that new unit or whatever and 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 play with something that maybe they wouldn't normally so you know and I I think what you know what's important too is you you wrote this down Troy but I think it's it's a game after all mm-hmm. or Josh maybe one yeah, of you Josh. wrote that it's at the core concept you're playing a game right um now some people have fun by winning some people have fun just through the act of playing some people have to learn how to have fun through the act of playing because they never win um <laughs> I don't know who that would be but <laughs> you know it's it's that what makes it fun for that person too, and obviously, Tom, you were—I I don't know if it was when we were recording or before—you were talking about how each player is kind of different in each person. Yeah, yeah. Like me personally, I'll re- react a lot better to a loss, especially a loss where I feel like I didn't do anything, because then it's all about okay, it's like back to the drawing board, like, and then I'm thinking about thirty different ideas, and then it gets me excited about oh, I could try this, like that would stop this from happening, and um, and I think if we're talking more specifically about like Warhammer, um, that's kind of what a lot of players need because after you do get through those first stages, you kind of do have to, you have to read other books of armies. You're not going to ever play. You have to kind of start to know what everything does and, and getting beat, at least me personally, gives me that motivation. Like, oh, I'm going to read that whole book. So I know every time that comes at have me now. Have you been now, reading my books? Yeah, I read, <laughs> I read all, of okay. the, all of the War Scrolls. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so a lot of it does have to do with the type of player you're playing with and how far they want to get into it. If they just want it to be a hobby or if they, if they actually want to become competitive. Because all of that being said, there's some point where that uh, newer gamer is going to become a more seasoned gamer and mm-hmm. they're going to lose games. Like there's going to be that day where they get their butt whooped and they still want to come back and play. And I think that's, that's the day they become a, a real, the real mm-hmm. devoted gamer. So, so day one for me, is that what you're saying? Yeah. See, now <laughs> you, 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 you got to keep um, and, and then the, diff- I'm sorry. We're, uh, no, I'm, I was going to touch on one, one thing we didn't talk about a little bit. And I think this, it's a little bit on miniature games only. I'm not sure you, maybe Josh can say if there's a card game corollary or, or similar, similar thing, uh, is just sometimes you can mess with the, if you're playing a scenario type thing, you can actually run run like an unbalanced scenario where it's you know maybe you're playing yeah. an attacker defender 
where there's definitely a side that's maybe you know easier to play. There's less or an advantage or advantage or, or point right, and and so and do that or you know an X wing. I'm just thinking like when when Ben and I did the team tournament. Um, so this is even on my own side, like Ben and I. So he, you know, experience level was much different between Ben and I. I mean, he knows his stuff, but but I gave him here. Here's the decimator. What you're going to do? You're going to drive this thing around the outside and shoot like you know. There there wasn't a lot of and then I'm going to take you know sooner fell and the interceptor because there's a lot more finesse and strategy to 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 that ship than there is with the big giant decimator, right? So it's just kind of like you can tailor sometimes the forces a little bit and the scenario. To again, it's still you know I had to work my ass off and Ben had to work you know his to do that, um, and by the end we kind of kind of knew how to play you know when we were <laughs> doing <laughs> doing that. But I think that's another angle that again you both can kind of be at the max of your own skill level, but the scenario is doing some of the balancing to or the ships or the lists themselves are doing some of that because even you know 40k Age of Sigmar. There's some list builds that are like okay here's what you're gonna do with this you know they're very straightforward and other ones where the, the player skill level is what's going to get the most out of that list, right? So yeah, b- boost your your difficulty level to you know expert or you know medium, and then well, and I think lower that stems the... back to narrative too. Yeah, like even if you if you're going to unbalance something, you probably develop a narrative yeah. as to why it's unbalanced. And newer newer old gamers, that's something that is going to be entertaining for everybody. You would hope. I mean, there's very few people that get into games yeah. like this just to roll dice. Like, right. So you would hope that you if you can investment. develop a, a narrative, you kind of have a common ground that everybody gets excited about. Mm-hmm. And w- one thing, too, that I keep thinking about is, as we talk more and more about this is um, the games that we've played over the years at Gen Con of Flames of War. Hmm. A very competitive historical miniature game, but the scenarios were set up in such a way that you felt like, well, maybe we can do this, but yeah. the odds were stacked <laughs> in one side's favor, yeah. and and that that ties in exactly to you know that narrative and that investment. We did it because we wanted to see if the, you know, the Germans and Russians of <laughs> <at> Stalingrad, <laughs> how that would turn out, or the bridge, you know, yep. the bridge scenario. Um, so those different games, you kind of yeah, narrative can can provide an interesting angle. Um, one thing we we briefly touched on, but I think it's important to talk about too, is the makeup of that group. You know, how many players are in that new to the game or new to the hobby um, versus how many are experienced? Because I remember back to our old when the the basement of death was just getting started. We had those forty k nights where mm-hmm. we'd have six to eight guys. Uh, rolling dice and there was definitely different skill levels mm-hmm. in our group and um people that were trying the net list first people that were trying their own kind of this is the models i have i want to make a list and getting fair matchups and trying to pair up you know uh, equivalent mm-hmm. levels of skill so you didn't have troy the tournament player whooping all of our asses uh time and time <laughs> again um I, I mean, think, back then, you I don't were think the... that's true. I think Ty, but I think in the, <laughs> in the scheme of things, it was interesting. I think you probably had the better win loss, even though I was playing. I was probably the, I was the one playing in the competitive at the competitive at the time. But that's what made me better was knowing that Ty was going to bring this crazy, you know, killer list, and then I take my ultramarines up and get crushed by the blood angels. Steel sharpened steel, yeah. right? Yeah. But then when I'm playing a blood angel, every time I would play a blood angel player at a tournament. I would do well because I knew exactly what that list did. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But you know, pairing pairing up somebody who's new with somebody else who's new, you you can just try to to tailor the experience so that it keeps people competitive. Um, and that was kind of where I was going with like the the big GT tournament style, where you're yep. how you do you know that Swiss pairings approach where you get paired up against somebody who has fared fairly similar the prior round um, or prior rounds in that manner. And then with that, you know, when we, when we would do those game nights or when leagues get together and play, it is, you know, what, what are you, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to work towards? Um, So I don't know if you guys have any ideas, you know, how do you keep somebody coming back week after week other than, you've instilled in them a passion or a love of the hobby and of the game. What else do do tournaments or do leagues, you know, what, what are some approaches to get people in? Oftentimes in like, like magic drafts or things like that, even if it's just friends, you'll draft rares at the end. So the winner gets to pick the best one, you know, or mythics or whatever's out there, you know, what everybody puts their, their top level cards in the pile and, uh, whoever wins gets to pick the best one or the most money or whatever. So there is like a there's a dollar value associated with winning, you know, because you're you can go sell that card on eBay or whatever, or if you want it for your collection or whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, definitely for that type of thing, you know, there's a inherent I, I need to win this because I want to make. Ten dollars, fifteen dollars, whatever. So, it, it, not that it's you know it's it's all about the money or it's all about the card, but, but there's there's is. something there, right? It it is, but it is right. And yeah. magic, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the cardboard crack. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, other tournaments, you know, you win a trophy, you win money, you win a uh, gift card, or you know, depending on. If it's at a store or whatever, I, there's definitely like. Remember the BOD trophy? Yes, we need to we need to do something and bring that back. I still have. We have to play something. Yeah, we like need to. Play, yeah, we need to play Sigmar. Yeah, the Age of Sigmar like, weekend. We could do the BOD Age of Sigmar GT yeah. tournament. Yep. I think we have enough thousand people. points. Yeah, bring it back. Thousand point Age yep. of Sigmar tournament. Yep. But I think Claps it's funny welcome. as you go back to that trophy that I have that's sitting there. Um, I think that's one of the interesting, like you talked about, as soon as, I think that's in, what's interesting, right, is as soon as it there is some competitive nature to it, a lot of this stuff kind of a little bit goes out the window, right? That yeah. that that the, the newer player, it's kind of, okay, you're in, you, you, you kind of signed up for this, you're kind of in for it, right? But again, it's that social contract, like, especially I think in the smaller group, like when we had the smaller turn where I got this, I'm trying to think, you know, Dave was playing that and I know he had a feel bad experience that day because he just, he ended up being the bottom of the pole, the, the, the thing. And he, so he did not get a competitive game for him that, that whole day. Um, and, and it's just, it was a matter how things shook out. Right. And, and part of it was because I know when I was playing him, well, I know I had, I had to beat him because you know, John beat him and Marlon beat him. And if I wanted to stay with them in terms of battle points, I had to beat him bad too. I couldn't pull punches, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just that that scenario kind of. So as soon as it's competitive, I think that's where this that, that kind of struggles. So you have to kind of. That's where that player has to kind of get understand the expectations again. It's more of that social contract. Hey, you know, this is a competitive event. You may or may not be ready. If you're not ready, sorry, um, sorry. Yeah. yeah I mean. Yeah. It, I mean, I had the same when I got back into competitive 40K back in the day. 
that first GT I went to, I won one game, right? And you're just like, all right, I guess I just, I learned a lot and I know where I need to get to, mm-hmm. you know? And then the next mm-hmm. year I came back to the same tournament. I didn't win it, but I won, uh, I won, uh, sportsmanship and which was meant I was, you know, I had to have a decent record and whatever. So and I, and I, to me the day that's still, I'm my most prized, you know, t- trophy that I've won out of a, a competitive event. Right. But, um, it gave me, it just was, you know, the growth from that one year to come back. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, similar, I've talked ad nauseum about my Adepticon tournament mm-hmm. experience, but this year I'm going to do both days and I, I want to win a couple games. You know, I'm going to be disappointed mm-hmm. if I don't win a couple games, but from what I learned last year and what I've been doing the reading and, you know, maybe not getting in as much practice games as I should, but you start building up and you understand what the expectation is to come back and be successful. Um, and I think one thing when we talk about, you know, um, Age of Sigmar and getting people playing the, the path to glory, the campaign where you build up, you know, you escalate. That's another cool way. Yeah, yeah. Like you're talking about trophies and that's one thing. And like Troy said, it definitely is going to create that. It's going to bring out the competitive in people. And so a newer player, that's kind of when I think they hit that transition where either they're going to lose a lot and want to do better or... But yeah, like you, if it's if it's said ahead of time, at least they have the option to be like, hey, maybe I should sit out on this or whatnot. But then I feel like the cheat code is the creating a campaign or a story for the new player because right. then you're like, oh, what's going to happen next week? Oh, I get to bring another unit in next week. Or mm-hmm. Our armies are getting bigger. Oh, like Yeah, you'd, or you do some sort of smaller quest or skirmish yeah, or something. Yeah, or it's, just, it's bringing you back. Yeah. It. So it's almost, it is almost like a cheat code. Right to the to this question is like well if you yeah. have a good enough story anybody will want to play yeah right and that, that's exactly it you're you're creating and that hits the nail on the head that you're creating an experience you're crafting that story for you know forging the narrative if you're playing 40k um, that ultimately somebody's gonna just catch the the obsession because that's at the let's be honest at the end of the day. Anyone that is doing competitive miniature gaming, competitive <laughs> X-wing magic, it's an obsession. You can't be, you can't be casually competitive in those forums. <laughs> right. You just, yeah. you have to, you have to buy in. You have to dive into the pool and learn the swim. At the end of the day, you're mainlining that cardboard. You're mainlining that plastic. Crap. Yeah, you're I mean, talking it's, to it's your dealer in. every. Well, week. and when you're talking about <laughs> painting, I mean, what. 80, yeah. 90, 100 plus models. Like, there better be something like you think looks cool and you're yeah. excited about imagining, like, how that army would look, like, running across the battlefield. Because, I mean, it's a lot of time to be staring at this thing. So, <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's a lot of investment. Yeah. Sure. So, if you can't even really, like, you have to have a story for your army almost to really kind of, right. at least for me, to motivate myself to paint through it. It's like, yeah. I won't lie. When, when I've, like, named my captain or, you know, mm-hmm. put, put something to it and, and invested a little bit of my own creativity into what I'm trying to accomplish. That's, that's where I have fun with it. Um, any, uh, any final thoughts on kind of fostering this experience, creating that, um, kind of just go around the, the room. No, I mean, it, it, I, I think we all kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's, it just make, make sure that, uh, the newer players feel like they're taking away something, whether they're winning or whether they're, getting some coaching or whether they're taking some some sort of fun away from it, even if they're losing, right? 
Um, you want everybody to get a piece. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get a little something, right? Get a taste. <laughs> yeah. Tom, any final thoughts? I mean, you said it earlier. It's a game, and everybody loses. Like you're <laughs> yeah. gonna lose. So yeah. like to to expect that not to happen is impossible. You just have fun. You 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 play games to play games. It's toy soldiers. We've always kind of talked about that. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, it's it's toy soldiers. Troy, any anything from um, you? Well, I think I mean, like we talked about, I think it's the the social contract talking with that both players knowing that you're at different levels and acknowledging that and then coming to an agreement on what you're going to do it's like you can i'm gonna i'm gonna you know as an experienced player i'm gonna play a totally different list or a sub-powered list to what you have but this should be fun or you know i'm gonna play it straight with you but i'm gonna tell you what i'm doing along the way and you can figure out what you're gonna maybe you'll learn something along the way i think it's that you establish that social contract and that way at the end no matter what how it turns out Everybody went in with eyes open, and and there's no, no nobody's feeling bad, right? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, and the big thing we we haven't really said it yet, but try not to be a dick. You know, <laughs> yeah. It, sometimes the competitive nature of the game is gonna kick in, and somebody's gonna be a dick. But try not to be a dick. Try to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. And if you're not having fun, there's always beer. I mean, you can always <laughs> just start drinking more. Uh, like Combat Patrol at Adepticon several years ago. I mean, I was getting my butt kicked, <laughs> but I drank my face off and I won Best Sport. So, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you don't have to be winning. You yep. can just be drunk. Yeah, and I mean, way back, just to sorry to take a small story, I'm talking about one of my first 40K events playing against a guy who won the Sportsmanship Award. Um, actually, I think he won Best All Around, um, which means he probably scored really high in everything. Um, but I remember I got tabled, but I got, I walked away and I said, that was the most enjoyable tabling experience I've ever had. <laughs> and, but, and I took a lot of weight. I'm like, how, why is that? Because the guy, I wish I could remember his name is Paul something. Um, but I'm like how he treated me, how he talked to the, you know, I took a lot away from how I lost that game in terms of not how I played, but how the interaction was. And like, that's how I want to make sure people remember me when I'm playing, whether I'm winning or losing against them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's it. You want to, you want to establish that experience yeah. for somebody else. And that, that, um, that sense of community, that sense of, yeah, this is getting a little f- more feely than I wanted to get, <laughs> but that brotherhood of a gamer, you know, brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to call it. There's that relationship, that th- common thing you share which is that game you're playing and it's being a participant in something bigger than just what's taking place on your table and, and between you and your opponent i hit you in the fields josh i I'm, I'm almost almost tearing up here uh so what kind of uh so there's a couple of events coming up yeah and, uh, we got to represent yeah yep um what i think next weekend what con in rockford i'm again i'm may or may not show up there on saturday um i think you guys are all doing stuff i don't know if i'll go by myself or if i'll get somebody else marlin or somebody to see if they want to come down with me um otherwise we'll just have a big game day at the bod tomorrow uh next week but what con's that um then the week after that yeah game hole con right around yeah. the corner um kind of talked about what we're doing there but the bod will be there in force uh elena's gonna have a booth um with her her art stuff Jeremy's coming up too. Jeremy's coming up, really. Yeah. Barry, Barry and uh Becky are gonna be down there. Nate Danner, Matt Danner. True Dungeon, right? Ty Tepfer. True Dungeon. How what, many are you what? doing? 
What's that? How many are you doing? Just the one with you guys. Yeah. I only so we there there was a second one. I didn't have the time to coordinate another one. So yeah. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, got a couple events. I'm I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Probably wearing my BOD shirt. So I'll be there. All Friday. our listeners can come find us. I think Jeremy might be taking Troy's ticket for True Dungeon. Well, if Troy's cool. not going, I'm not going. For True Dungeon. <laughs> I need Troy there. Well, he's he's not going to be here there Saturday. But he's the Bodfather. I know. That's what I'm saying. How do I do it without him? I mean, Matt will be there. Elaine will be there. Just have Jeremy answer the name of Troy all day Saturday. Yeah, he'll just wear a Troy mask. Okay, good. We'll get it. We'll get a Troy mask like a, like the John okay. mask. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and when you're maybe going to Rockford, Tom and I are making our pilgrimage to uh, Seattle. We're gonna go hang out with uh, all the wizards of the coast and play a lot of games. I hope. Yeah, I'll I'll be around. Yep. Tune Troy. in for November to hear all about it. Yeah. I'm sure, we're gonna play a lot of games. Like yeah. A crazy amount of games. Winter's coming. Maybe a little magic Winter the gathering. Winter's coming. Gather some magics. Some commander. You know. Yeah. We might bust out Sid Meier's sieve. Nice. All good things. All good yeah. things. Maybe bring Seafall on the plane. I mean, Southwest bags fly free. Ooh, nice. Well done. Um, and then, are we... No, we're not. Are we? I don't know. Should we even talk about... We'll save those. We'll save everything we'll save else. The rest. The, we'll save the rest for next time. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Thanks, guys. You have some pop figurines. Yeah. I like the alien one. Yeah. Thanks. I have Dean and Sam Winchester pop figurines. Nice. I have mm-hmm. Charlie Brown. I see that. He was like a buck and a half. <laughs>